0: Sitting beside somebody that has a lovely singing voice this one time it's okay to tattle on them to tell jt hey I, w- I think I've got somebody that would be that would be good for the choir, but I enjoy that part so much. I want to welcome you and I want to also send greetings and welcome to the people who are listening to this service uh, by live stream today and if you're listening by live stream today. Well, just reach your arms across yourself like this and give yourself a hug and consider that from us here at Gaston First United Methodist Church today. Now, our scripture today is Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. It's going to be up on the screen, I think. If you have your Bible and you want to turn over there with me, it's important that you see this because I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. It's great to hear with our ears the word proclaimed, to see it with our eyes, But it's also wonderful to say it out loud with our own voices and it just drives it that much deeper into our souls. So join me today and let's all read together Jesus's words from Matthew 5 verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A week ago, last Saturday, I had a chance to spend the day with my hero, my mom, and I was thrilled to get to do that. And I took my mom on kind of a sentimental journey. We, we went to visit some of my other childhood heroes, heroes of the faith, really people who uh, were there for me as I was growing up in the little church that I grew up in. Um, we we got to see several people, but i want to tell you mostly about Miss Clara and Miss Marjorie. Now, the little church that I grew up in, if you could see it, it's a beautiful little white frame church. If you've never gotten a chance to see the Marjoram Church that I grew up in, how many of you have seen the little white church at Horton Bend? Horton Bend United Methodist Church. Yeah, if you've seen that one, it looks a lot like the church I grew up in. It was small. We were small in number, but what a huge impact it had on my life. And what a huge impact these people had on me. Now, when I tell you we went to see Miss Clara, uh, Miss Clara is in a nursing home now. And Miss Clara is not able to do very much for herself. She's bed fast now. Her eyesight is so bad that she can tell someone's there, but unless she hears you talk, she doesn't know who it is. She's not able to do much. She has partial use of her left arm. She can do a couple of things with it. Her right arm, she's not able to use at all. She can't take care of herself. She can't feed herself. She can't do much of anything anymore, but she still prays. And she prays for me every day. She prays for my cousin Jimmy every day because we were two of her Sunday school boys and both of us grew up to become preachers. And so every single day she prays for us. And I want to tell you what, I feel those prayers. So y'all pray for me too because it makes a difference. Miss Clara, I want to tell you what, growing up, if there was a person that just shone out the love of God, it was Miss Clara. She was one of the people that I just said was shiny. I didn't know how else to say it when I was growing up. Miss Clara was shiny. Um, another shiny person that we got to go see was Miss Marjorie. Um, Mom and I went to visit her too. And Miss Marjorie's not nearly as old as Miss Clara. She's she's a lot in better health, and she still lives in, in the same house that she grew up in. In the same spot that I remembered seeing her grow up. When I was growing up there. Miss Marjorie was my Sunday school teacher at times. And she was my youth director. My MYF leader at times. And she was my choir director at times. And she was teaching all of us how to sing. Um, She was one of those people. Who also radiated uh, the love of God. In a very special way. If you got to. See her, you would know what I was talking about. So, when I was a kid, I remember hearing these verses that we just said out loud today about letting your light shine. And I thought about people like Miss Clara and Miss Marjorie, people that just had this shininess about them. And I wanted to be like that too. I really wanted to let my light shine. And so, I know this sounds silly, but I would stand in front of the mirror and see if I looked shiny. And sometimes Sometimes I would even try to shine, shine. and I would just give it all the effort that I had, and I I still still just looked like me. (laughs) So I decided that as far as letting my light shine, I was just out of luck. I was just plain old me. Until later on, I looked at the Scripture a little bit more closely, and I saw that there's a key to all this. There's basically eight little words that I was kind of hopping right over. That were so important. And these eight words were this. So that they may see your good works. And I thought wow. Turns out that the way you let your light shine. Is by doing the second of the three simple rules. it's by doing good. See last week if you were here last week. Or if you have a chance to go back and listen to the message online. But. We talked about the first of the series of three simple rules. The first one is do no harm. Well, today, the second rule is to do good. Doing good was what made Miss Clara and Miss Marjorie shiny. I never really thought about it that much. But you see, Miss Clara, Miss Clara was the one that took care of everybody in the whole community. Anybody that needed something, knew where to go to the little house in front of the railroad track to Miss Clara's. Not only did she raise her four daughters, but she also helped to raise her physically and mentally challenged niece. She taught us all, and it was, she was one of the first Sunday school teachers I ever remember having. She took the class of the little squirmy, fidgety boys and girls that have a hard time finding Sunday school teachers for she always took that class and she always somehow managed to teach us something anytime somebody had a need in the community uh, money needed to be raised to help take care of somebody she was always there leading the charge and whenever she met just about anybody she met if she had half a chance she would tell you about how good God was much he had blessed her and when she started talking about the Lord every single time she'd start crying and every every single time that she started crying she would apologize and say I'm sorry I'm crying and every single time you would say no need to apologize because you'd be crying too because there was that sweet soul that was telling you how good God was Happened again, by the way, last Saturday when my mom and I went to see her and her laying there in that bed and her talking about how good God was and started to cry. I'm sorry that I'm crying like this. It's all right, Miss Clara. We're crying too. And then Miss Marjorie. Lord, have mercy, the good that that woman has done over the years. She taught us when we were at another awkward age, when we were from about junior high on up. She was our MYF counselor. She taught us. She played the piano and still plays the piano at that church, probably has played it for over 50 years. Not only did she do all of that, not only did she direct hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children's Christmas plays, but she also taught public school for over 40 years. And she was the kind of school teacher that was the one that everyone went to when they had problems, maybe problems that they couldn't even talk with mom and dad about, but they would go because they knew that Miss Marjorie would listen and she would help them and she would give a good advice and she would pray with them. so many lives because she let the love of God shine through her. So I want to ask you to just reminisce for a minute this morning and think about who are the Miss Clara's and who are the Miss Marjorie's in your life. If you still are able to, if they're still around, send them a card or better yet, go and see them and tell them how special they are to you while you still can right? While you still can. And now let me ask you an even more personal question. Would you be willing to commit your life to living a pattern, to following a simple rule to just do good, to shine your light? There are three big questions that I want to talk about today. And if you notice inside of your newsletter that was inside of your bulletin, there's an, there's an insert that has a lighthouse on one side of it and an outline on the other side. If you're the type that likes outlines and the fill-ins, then that's for you. But the first big question is this, why should I seek to live this way? Why should I seek to live a life that's pattern is to do good? That's the fair enough question, the why questions fair enough. I never liked it much when somebody said, just do this because I said so. Did y'all? Just do it because I said so. But what about this? What about doing it because Jesus said so? That puts a little different slant on it because, you know, he did say so in verse 16. He said, I want you to let your light shine. He said in John 9, 5, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now he's saying to his followers, he's saying to us, you, you're the light. You let your light shine. Don't hide it under a bushel basket. Let it shine. We become aware of this concept a lot of times when we're kids and we're singing the little song, and and we sing it maybe during vacation Bible school. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? Hide it under a bushel. No. Do you all remember singing that? And if you haven't sung it yourself, then sure, there's nothing more precious than to see the children get up here, and they're all dressed up, and they're singing, and they're shuffling their feet around, and they're doing the motions, and they always love the no part. Did you ever notice that? Hide it but they might be singing softly. But when they get to the no part, that's one thing they love saying no. You know, so it's so cute, right? But the concept is not cute. It's the very kingdom of God. Letting your light shine is the very kingdom of God. Is kingdom come? on earth as it is in heaven. We need it, don't we? We need it because there's a lot of darkness in the world, and our call to shine means to knock a hole in the darkness just a little bit. Uh, The great author Robert Louis Stevenson, if you... If you haven't read anything else of his, you probably have read Treasure Island at some point, or at least maybe you were supposed to read it. You got assigned to read it or something. It's a great, great book. But Robert Louis Stevenson grew up in the mid-1800s in Scotland, and he was a very, very sickly child. Um, He lived in a part of the world that was cold and rainy and he was so sickly he had to spend a lot of time indoors as a matter of fact in the winter time he didn't go to school he was given a a private tutor he had a nurse there to help take care of him he wasn't allowed outside at all so he had to spend a lot of time inside maybe thinking and reading and things but there's a story about when one winter time when his mom came into his room and he had his face pressed against the pane of the window and his mom said son what are you doing and he said, I'm watching the old man knock holes in the darkness. You see, back in that day the streetlights were had to be lit by hand. They were oil lamps. And there was an old lamplighter whose job it was to go from streetlight to street light and put his ladder up on the light pole and climb up there and light the street light. And to knock a Sometimes I think that you and I are called to do that same thing to one person at a time, one opportunity at a time, one situation at a time, one good deed at a time to knock a hole in the darkness by shining the love of God so that people can see with the hope that they'll be reconciled to God because that's what the world needs, to make a place that looks a lot more like the kingdom of God Jesus said so. And secondly, because Jesus lived it, he didn't just say it, okay? He lived it. From the very beginning, we read that very poetic section in the first chapter of the Gospel of John where it said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. But in verse 4 and verse 5, it says, In him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Think about what Jesus actually did, what he literally did everywhere that he went, everywhere that he went. It says in Acts 10, 38, that God anointed him with power and with the spirit. And and we know that, but it also says that he went about doing good everywhere that he went, doing good. Everywhere that he went, people who were oppressed by the devil were delivered. And people who were sick were healed. And people who were hungry were failed. People who were outcasts were welcomed in. Everywhere he went, he brought the kingdom of God. And then we need to shine our lights. We need to live this way just because the world needs it so badly. Have you watched the news lately? Have you read the newspaper lately? Oh, my goodness. I just I just went and did a quick glance of, of just some headlines, just some stories that I read this past week, and I saw this past week a, a man in Utah crashed his own airplane into his own home with his wife and his son in there because he got in an argument with his wife. And I thought, Lord have mercy. The wife and the son made it out okay, and he died in the crash, but really? This week, spreading out to other parts of the world, and sometimes we forget about what's going on in other parts of the world, but the worst humanitarian crisis in the world right now is in the country of Yemen. Three quarters of the population, over 22 million people, are in dire humanitarian need to the point of starvation, while the civil war rages on around them, and sometimes help can't even. you don't have to go halfway around the world, do you, to see some darkness going on. I, the Monday morning headlines in the Gadsden Times, a local African-American pastor had his pickup truck painted with swastikas and racial slurs. Did you see that in the paper? Did you see it on the news? Did you kind of take it personally like I did? kind of got under my skin and That's not right. It, somebody's got to light a candle with that to shine a little light on that. And so we we got to talking about it. around the church. We got to talking about it, and and um, I, I'm blessed to work with someone who's very creative uh, and a snappy dresser, I might add. So. Uh, so Andy and Sheila and some, some of the others got together and said, okay, we can do something. We can't do everything, but we can do something. So we got a card. I'm not talking about Hallmark here. I'm talking about large poster board card. And Wednesday, while we were having the Feliz Navidad party, and we were packing shoe boxes and eating ice cream and all of that stuff, having a good time, but we set up a table, and we got... The kids and the youth and the adults all, we wrote a card to Pastor Williams, and we wrote, Dear Pastor Williams, we love you, signed Gaston First United Methodist Church, Family. we all wrote messages to him, we all drew little pictures and made this big card and got a, a gift certificate for him to a restaurant, and Andy took it over and delivered it to. Didn't undo the bad things that had been done, but maybe shown a little bit of light. It can make a difference, really. I want to tell you it can being on the receiving end of somebody else's good deed it makes a difference. What have you seen lately that you thought, man, that just reminds me so much how much the world needs Jesus Christ in the light that he shines. When I was a kid, I remember singing an old song that, that really kind of struck, struck me and struck my fancy. For some reason, I just loved this song. It was called Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. Have you ever heard that song? If you, if you go back as far as I do, I'm sure you have. It goes, brightly beams our Father's mercy from his light evermore but to us he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore you ever heard that one it's beautiful isn't it not because I sang it but it's beautiful and I I I loved that hymn and I never really knew why because I grew up in Alabama y'all we didn't have lighthouses we had covered bridges we had all kinds of stuff but I don't think I ever saw a lighthouse until I traveled some, and I sure didn't know what a lower light was but then i read I read the story behind that song, and it made sense. It was written by a guy named Philip Bliss over a hundred years ago. Philip Bliss was a musician over a hundred years ago, which meant you traveled around and tried to find work wherever you could. Well, it kind of still means that today you have to kind of scratch and find a living and that's what he did. He taught music. He he sang professionally for a while. He traveled. But for a while he found himself in the city of Chicago and one night in Chicago he went to hear the great evangelist Dwight L. Moody preaching a service and in that service Dwight L. Moody talked about a ship that was trying to get into the Cleveland harbor in the midst of a storm in the darkness of night and the ship got close enough to to yell out at the lighthouse keeper is this is this cleveland harbor and the lighthouse master said yes it is yes it is and and the ship's captain said where are the lower lights and he said they're out do you need to make harbor tonight and he says we perish if we don't and so the light housekeeper said, okay, um, do the best you can. And the captain tried to sail into the harbor and he passed by the lighthouse, but he missed the channel. He crashed his ship into the rocks and many people lost their lives that night. And so Dwight L. Moody told this story and then he said, brothers and sisters, the master will take care of the lighthouse. Let us keep the lower lights burning. And of course, Philip Bliss went home and wrote that great hymn. But I want us to think about today, the very sobering thought, and to ask ourselves the question, who will crash into the rocks if we don't shine the light? You see, the lower lights are the lights that shine along the shore, that show where the rocks are, that show how to get into the mouth of the harbor, the safe harbor. Brightly beams the Father's mercy, that's the one that shines up above, that shows out cross the waves but the lower lights have to have to shine along the shore and that's us y'all that's us next question is this i know we're supposed to live this way but what keeps us from it what what are the obstacles that keep us from a life of doing good and remember these these three rules we're talking about are simple but they're not easy And I have some obstacles that keep me from doing that. You do too. One is just my very fallen nature. This is Orthodox Christian Teaching 101, that we are created in the image of God, but we also have a fallen nature. We also have a gravitational pull toward our own selfishness. We struggle with it we we wrestle on the inside knowing like Paul talked about in Romans chapter 7 I know the good I'm supposed to do but I find myself not doing that and I know the bad I'm supposed to not do but then that's the very thing I end up doing it's a struggle and I identify with that don't you so without God's help there's no end to the amount of harm Without God's help, there's no end to the number of excuses that I'll give for not doing good. So my very fallen nature works against me. The other thing is the stream of culture flows in a different direction from this. The stream of culture, you might call it the way of the world. I call it the stream of culture because it reminds me of times when I've gone whitewater rafting. Maybe, have you ever been whitewater rafting on the Okoe? Um, it's it's great and painful. But great. But they they spend about an hour telling you all of these things to do in case of an emergency, to the point that you get to thinking, ooh, I wonder if I really want to do this after all. But but they say that that once once you get flipped out of the boat, uh, and if you get flipped out, you will be swept downstream. There's no ifs, you will be swept down. But you're always supposed to have your feet going downstream instead of the back of your head so that you can see and you can kind of kick off of the rocks and keep yourself from getting hurt. But then you go downstream till you get to the point to where you can put your feet down. If you don't ever put your feet down, if you keep your feet going, then you'll just keep going indefinitely because you'll be swept along. But if you get to the point you can put your feet down, then you can make your way to the shore, or you can be rescued and but I call the stream of culture that way of living that that just sweeps you along if you don't if you don't put your feet down and resist it you just get swept along with everybody else about living an isolated and a and a lonely and a selfish and a materialistic life and and you start to let the themes of the world be your themes about looking out for number one and the one who has the most poise wins and. Say, no, I want to follow Jesus. I I, I want to go about doing good like he did because I have called myself a Christ follower. And I'm not going to turn my back when I have a chance to do good. And then finally, the third thing that is an obstacle that keeps me from doing the good I need to do a lot of times is. Just my own need for control raises its head up every single time, even in the midst of my trying to do good. My own need for control, because you see, I even want to control the parameters of my doing good. And it might sound familiar to do, to you too, because I want to I want to kind of choose who I want to do good for. Maybe maybe I want to do good to the people that I like the people that look like me and the the people that are my friends I want to do good but I only want to do good to people that are grateful when I do it I want to do good but I want to do good to people that I've decided that I've decided are worthy of having something good done See that's me trying to control the good instead of just making it a way of life If we do good to others just as a way of living there's every chance that we will be taken advantage of there's every chance that we will run into people that we try to help that are ungrateful there's every chance that a hundred other things are going to happen that are not in our control but you know what the only thing we really can control is our desire Can we? That's the big third question is this, can we do it? Can we live this way? Can we make our pattern of living the pattern that Jesus had when he went about doing good? Oh, there are obstacles out there. We've already talked about that. Living a life of doing good is challenging, it's costly, it rubs against the grain of human nature, and it rubs against the grain of greater society. We might even suffer because of doing good. That happens. I guess when you think about it, the short answer is no. No, we can't do it if we try to do it by ourselves, on our own. That's the bad news, but the good news is this. We're not. We're not on our own. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We cannot do it by ourselves because, you see, when it comes to letting our light shine, we have to remember that we don't light our own candle. That it is the light of God working inside of us. That only by God working in us can we do good. We've talked about the first two rules these last two weeks. Rule number one, do no harm. Rule number two today, do good. But we can't do any of those two if we don't remember rule number three, which is stay in love with Christ. It takes Christ working in us. There's a great promise about God, doing just that in Philippians 2.13, I've included it in your outline. It goes like this. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Because I can't even want to do good without him. He works in me both to will and to work. You to, as a practice, to start to say, even before your feet hit the floor in the morning, to say this simple prayer Lord, help me today to first do no harm, but then show me something good I can do today for somebody. Bring somebody across my path that I can help. Show me a way, God, that I can knock a hole in the darkness today to lead someone to you. by this simple but not easy rule. Let us pray. Gracious God, where would we be in our lives if someone had not followed these first two rules, if someone had not taken the time to let their light shine If someone had not shown us the love of God through their actions, where would we be today if not for those shiny people? So God, I ask that you would help us today to let our light shine in that same way. If we've been guilty of hiding it under a bushel, forgive us name. Amen. Our response in our closing hymn is this little light of my